welcome to the Spilling the Tea podcast. Uh, this is the first episode of this podcast. Um, and and uh, to, to start, I guess we're supposed to introduce ourselves. So I'm Gabriel Paul Perez. And I'm Tina Paul. Um, and and uh, we are your hosts. And this podcast is about uh, Tina, about my mom. Um, the, the main point of this is for, for me to have a record of, of my mom's life. Um, and, you know, to have the actual conversation of, of in person, um, but to use, use the podcast as a way to have a record. Um, so if you choose to listen to it, great. If not, it's not for you anyway. (laughs) Um, anyway, so, uh, and the reason it's called Spilling the Tea, too, is not, it, there's, there's multiple reasons. We're enjoying some delicious tea right now. Um. Oolong Orange Blossom Loose Leaf Tea. Ooh. Uh, do you know the origin of this tea? Do you know? I haven't the slightest idea. Okay. Well, it's... I order, I order all different types of black tea, because I like black tea or chai, or whatever, um, from the English tea store. And I brew it, and I experiment, and then I figure out which ones I like and which ones I don't. Now, you're drinking yours with honey, and I have milk and sugar because I'm... That's my half-Irish side. That's the way I drink it. It's the half-Irish side. What's the other half? Lithuanian. Ah, Lithuanian. Yeah. Hardy. Tough. <laughs> the uh, Irish are tough too, but the Irish have more of a sense of a sense of humor to go with the toughness. <laughs> the Lithuanians are like, mm, boy, my grandparents were tough. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so, well, that's that's a good bridge. Um, we'll we'll for this episode, I kind of want to go through just an overview of. Who you are, um, or or your your life. Uh, so to start off with, where where was you? Where were you born? What was? I was born in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, I am the youngest of five kids. I have three older brothers, one older sister. Uh, my mom, Irish, and my father Lithuanian. Um, grandparents, I. I up until about age 10, I uh, got to know my Lithuanian grandparents, um, who came over like in the 18, Jesus, 18, late 1800s. Um, very poor. They, uh, you know, they, my grandfather was, um, actually, he was enlisted in the white army before he died you know how people like remember things before they die he started telling me about um he'd be on horseback and he had to fight for the czar but he didn't want to but he would kill people like with whips and stuff like that he was was like a soldier and my grandmother came over i have to look up the white army um my grandmother came over they were both like late teens. They and they met in the United States. They they 
both came and settled into Cherry Valley, which is outside of Worcester, big Lithuanian community. Um, my grandmother met my grandfather, and my, my grandfather was smitten, um, <laughs> and uh, he actually lied to my grandmother and said that he had a diamond ring Ooh. and $50 savings. Um, so she said, okay, she had other suitors, right. but $50 yeah. back then was, yeah, was pretty good. That's spending money. And, and uh, um, so they got married, and he was broke. He had no money. Did he even have the ring? Well, <laughs> I don't know whether he had it then, but or if they bought later. It was this diamond ring that was like yellow. It, it 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 didn't look like a diamond to me, or it's like not the clearest, or you know, the highest carat, no, whatever you call yeah, it, yeah, diamonds. But sheen um, or quality, or yeah. She was a very smart businesswoman, and uh, they. Um, do you want to? Do I want me to talk more, or just do over? No, yeah. Here? Okay. Um, very smart businesswoman, but they again really poor. They had six children. One who died when she was about seven years old because she was hit by a fire. Excuse me. They were watching a parade in front of their house, and she was a drunk driver came careening down the hill, oh and God. right in front of the whole family killed her. Jesus. She was the youngest. Her name was Rita. That's that it 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 was really sad. Mm. But so when my father said very tough upbringing, um they uh during the depression my grandfather um he he had been working as a stevedore on the docks. What is a stevedore? A stevedore are the are the um men who unload uh, cargo. Sure. It's working the docks. Uh, yes, very burly. Um, yeah, he was strong. <laughs> like I said, they were tough. They, they were, it was scary. They were, uh, they were a little scary. Um, <laughs> and what they, during the Depression, what they did is they had like this little farmhouse and um, they made uh, bathtub gin. They made, or it was vodka or whatever, bootleg. Bootleg, bootleg like during... During the Depression and bathtub, but, you know, they had a, li they had a little homemade still. It's the Depression. What else are you going to do? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, they were poor, really poor. Um, so they made this um, illegal booze. And what would happen is they would get raided by the cops, and when the cops came, my grandfather would go and run and hide in the barn <laughs> and let my grandmother get arrested. Oh, Jesus. Because the way it happened is that with getting arrested, I mean, that was like a minor offense. You know, it wasn't like spending a year in jail. Sure. Um, it would be you have to, you know, you've got to go to jail for a few days, Um they were supposed to dismantle the still, which my they would, and then they'd rebuild it again. Right. But the whole reason why uh, my grandmother going to jail was as a woman with um, five, six kids, because I'd forgotten, no, five kids, I think Rita had died by then. Um, 
they wouldn't keep a woman as long as in jail as long as a man. Okay. So she would, you know, spend, and he would, my grandfather would take care of the five kids. And then when she got out of jail, come home, they'd chill out, not, um, not doing any bootlegging for a little bit. No bootlegging for a little bit. Then they'd rebuild the still and they'd do the cycle again. But it was the only way that they could survive. As a matter of fact, it's funny. I wonder if there's, there were conversations like, oh, we can't start up the bootleg right now. We can't We can't do the bootleg. Yet. No, they were tough. They and were then, like, we'll get away. I mean, they, you know, they found more ways to hide what uh, they were yeah. doing. We'll, we'll just get smarter this time. But the other thing, too, is that, um, you know, this was this was just after Prohibition. Because, okay, no, wait. <laughs> if the Depression started in 1929, Prohibition was still on then? or I think it was on until like the early 30s. It was like for two or three years only, but it was... But it hadn't been repealed. So, yeah. because they were or, making the... Like 10 years? I, I forget. The booze... Even the cops would want to buy some of it, you know. Of I course, mean, you know, ev- everybody wanted to have their liquor. You know, prohibition was ridiculous. Anyway, so um, <laughs> then they survived that way. I remember my father growing up. We could not. My mother could not serve any kind of macaroni product, any kind of pasta. Um, rice only every once in a while because he ate so much of it during the Depression. He associated it with being poor, and he was sick of it. He was, as he got old, when he got older, he ate it, but... Um, I mean, rice is delicious, n- but when it's, when it's your only... You know, it's like, okay, when I was really poor, when I was living in France... I survived, I I injured myself, and and I had a a foot operation, so I couldn't work. I was with a ballet company. Yeah, so we we haven't even mentioned uh, that you were a dancer for... Yes, I I was with, I went to Boston Conservatory of Music, as it was called then, and I was dance major, drama minor, and then they got rid of the drama minor after two years. Real shame. Real shame. <laughs> no, because dancers need acting. Yes. You know, every, it, it's, you need to be broad that way and not just... It, just because you speci- specialize in one race. of the three doesn't mean... Well, especially because, I mean, they had a... Um, I'm going so off. Anyway, they had a musical theater department, a drama department, besides the whole music department, and dance. And so it all combines. It's theater of one sort or another. So... Anyway, so anyway, going back, when I was in France and I, and I uh, with the ballet company, I had to be off for like three months, and of course I didn't get paid. Yeah. I didn't have savings, you know. So I ate, I took little can of sardines, because they're, you know, in France, really cheap. Yeah. And it's protein. And I would chop the sardines and put the sardines in rice because rice was really cheap and that's what I ate that's all I ate like a cup in the morning cup in the afternoon cup in the evening so I do not want to see another sardine as long as I live sure that's the way I think that my father felt about pasta that makes sense 
So, um, there's a couple directions we could go from here. I think the one I want to go, though, is, um, let's, let's talk about your dad. Let's talk about Grandpa for a second. <sighs> <clears throat> so, he was deaf in one ear his basically his whole life yes when he was about six months old um he got an ear infection and uh they didn't have any money to go to the doctors again you're talking you know uh he was born in 1915 they had just well no they were here about 10 years but they were poor they didn't you know no health insurance, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, so his ear, um, I think the eardrum burst or something. It was really bad from the infection. So he was deaf in that ear. We always like sitting, sitting at the dinner table. Even as when he got older, it's like you're either sitting on his good side so he could hear you or sitting on his bad side. You know? Yeah. And... Uh, that made him talk a little bit loud. The, I, I, what do I, you remember? Um, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> so I feel like the I feel like his deafness and uh, the the harshness of his upbringing uh, made him into a bitter man. Yeah. Um, and I, it's something that I've seen from people who have partial deafness and need to be yelled at. That just just constantly being yelled at and yelling oh, will on its own will raise your your I blood pressure and um, will will make you a more angry person. Um, he also was um, okay. Out of the, uh, he was the he growing up. My grandmother wanted him to be a priest because you know, and it's like in every Catholic family. No matter whether you're Italian or Polish or Lithuanian, whatever, in those Catholic families, one should be a priest. One. You know, you want mm. you you need at least you need one of the boys to be a priest, and it would be great if one of the females, one of the daughters, would be a nun. Um, he, my grandmother, sent him to <laughs> the seminary school. Oh my God! And. I didn't, he I didn't would, know this. He would climb over the fence and escape. <laughs> and run, he'd run back home. She'd send him again, yelling and hitting. I mean, they were, they, they, there was not well, abuse, it, but that wacko. Well, you parenting know? hadn't gone through the developments that it has in the last. No, and never years. anything like a strap. It was whatever could be. Oh, a, my parents would use, would use a. I mean, my grandparents would use a broom. A broom. They'd chase us and whack us with the with the broom, not the broom handle. Okay, but, but like the, the bristles. The bristles. So side, it would like whap you, know. you, but it wouldn't. Yeah, whack. Um, <laughs> but so never. The I only my my father only hit me in the face with a fist only once when I was in high school. Otherwise, it was spankings, and you know that just that bop. You know, the the bop you get on a head or that type of thing. You get scratched. But uh, I think my father, when he was in the seminary, realized when they said celibacy, he went, <laughs> no, no effing way. So he kept, 
he kept uh, escaping. And then he went one year to college, and then he worked for H.H. Um, H. Brown Shoes, which they made work boots, mostly. They made regular shoes. And he actually worked his way up from being in the, not the mailroom, but, you know, the sewing room. I mean, the lowest tier. Yeah, yeah. He worked his way up to vice president of the whole company. That's incredible. Um, and then later he started his own company. He became very accomplished. So he was driven, but that means the strictness that he put on himself and maybe from fear of never wanting to be that poor poor again. Yeah, yeah. It was, the strictness was awful. <laughs> I mean, in, in all yeah. honesty. And it, especially for my sister and me, when my, my father told my mother uh, that he would raise the three boys and the girls were all hers. He didn't want... <laughs> He didn't want much to do with us as far as raising us. Um, so, yes, he also was very jealous. He only, but he, he earned a lot of money and he won, I mean, for. <coughs> no, he, he provided like a 50s man should. He, that's exactly it. There was, there was every dinner at exactly six o'clock, not one minute before, not one minute after. It was always a meat, potato, vegetable, and then dessert. But so we were well fed. Um, dinner know. times were were terrifying <laughs> because <laughs> you you had to finish everything. He would load your plate, yeah, and you had to finish every bite. If you didn't. The first thing is you would run around the house three times, come back, and try to finish. Well, you're full. <laughs> and if um, if you still couldn't finish, the plate stayed on the table until you finished, whether it's <laughs> at 10 or 11 at night or midnight, and you, you got really yelled at for not... I mean, it was... If you talked during the meal when you weren't supposed to. Yeah. There was a thing he had, he'd say, you're scratched. And scratched meant you couldn't talk for the rest of the meal because it interrupted with your eating. Yeah. Which, of course, but, when you have, with, your, with five kids yeah. at a table, anybody gets scratched, that means you taunt them, <laughs> you do anything you can to make the scratched person talk. Of course. You know? Um it was, I've lost my train of thought, but it's, it was, uh, it, no, he was, he was, we'll, we'll he was We'll go more rough. into the specifics on him another time, yeah. but yeah. It, just to give that kind of overview that He it's, also, okay, but this yeah. one's important. Uh, okay, yeah. My mother, <laughs> her parents had died. I never got to know them. I wish I had the Irish side. I met, I got to know when I was young, a lot of the Irish aunts and some cousins great cousins um but she worked her way up to being the executive secretary to the owner president of the shoe company okay so you have the president 
Yeah. My mother is his executive secretary. About the highest and then you, you can have, get as a woman. That's exactly it. And then my father is vice president. They fall in love, la la la. My mother didn't get married. She was 30, 31 before they married. She was six years older than my father. Uh, from the day they got married, he absolutely prohibited her from working. She was to be a mother and raise kids. Even, it, and she was very creative, the stifling of this, the suffocation of my mother and her spirit. She tried, I mean, she would, she would, she was very handy with sewing and, and craft. She was very creative. So she'd do things for the schools and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, find but ways. But she wanted but... to earn her own money. She was completely dependent on every cent. It takes away. In. Even when I, I was going to college, I was the last one, empty nest. She went without his permission and got a job at a hospital as a receptionist secretary type sure, person. Sure, sure. He went ballistic. But there's no one to take care of I that. know. Except for him. It, him. Yeah. You got to take care of him. She had to quit. He wouldn't even... They moved down to Florida. She wanted... She needed some outlet. So she actually volunteered at a, a, a young folk, I mean young folks, <laughs> at an old people's folk, not young, we're all young. <laughs> it's but, all the young kids and they need an old person to come no, and, no. and entertain them. As, it, as, you, as you get old, you become young again. <laughs> it's true, so, it's, it's so, a full it is, circle of life is, thing. That's exactly it. No, she <laughs> volunteered at her nursing home, volunteered. Guess what happens? He he goes ballistic again and and but for volunteering that's yep nope it was he was very jealous of anyone outside of his five children and his wife hmm. um very jealous I mean and she even and. Like two years before she died, she died when she was 71, which is suspect. We don't know if it was suicide or not. Right. Because she was so depressed. She was so depressed. Um, and put up with a lot for a lot of years, it seems she, like. She was like, it was a couple of years before, late 60s. She wanted to get divorced so badly. She wanted a life. She. It was like, and he said... I will ruin you. You won't get a cent. Now, we're talking in the early 1980s. So it, while there was the feminist movement and stuff like that. Yeah, but... Women her age, it's like it, the terror of what am I going to do? I, I You know, he, he, she could go, he was going to ruin not only her financially, but ruin her prospects of getting a job. Right. He would, his thing was, I will destroy you before I let you leave me. Yeah. He's a horrible man. See, now, <laughs> no, he could, he could, he could be nice, but underneath, so, fucking bastard. When, anyway. No, no, I mean, but it's, it's not untrue. Uh, when 
I am telling people about him. Um, I like to tell them about the time before he died when he was in the hospital. Oh my god. And, um, and how many people, when, when they're approaching their final days, will have dreams of, of peace or of their loved ones around them or, you know, things that bring them comfort and, and show that there's maybe something good on the other side. Um, in his final days in the hospital, uh, he saw blackness, rooms of, of pure blackness, darker than coal, just surrounding and suffocating him. He was terrified. So whether that's a truth that, that there was (laughs) that waiting for him. Or, or it was the realization that he really was a cold, jealous man. Um, I don't. Maybe. Big, just big, I only go because in his last couple years, he finally, finally calmed down some and started trying to say I love you to his family and start Well, I forced you. Yeah, I, I oh know. Oh my God, because like, he never said I loved you, so you poor thing. To anybody. No, no, I know, to nobody. <laughs> so <laughs> I would force you. I'd say, keep. you got to say, tell him you love him. See if he answers. <laughs> you remember that. Yeah, right? I do. And eventually he did. And and it became a whole, it was a big thing for the whole family. We we told people in there, he did? Oh my God, no way. I've never heard him say that. <laughs> you know, it's funny though, because I don't know, I don't know if he realized anything or not, because even while, I mean, yeah. He was, he was a racist. <laughs> I, I mean, there is, there is, the, the terminology I heard growing up uh, to people of other, ethnic, I can never say the word, ethnicities, nationalities, races, um, it, it, it was horrible. And when he was in hospital... You have these lovely women of color, whether from Jamaica or, you know, wherever. This is down in Florida. He would scream out loud these horrible names Mm. at them. I mean, we're we're talking N-word to... And just... and uh, about their, their intelligence, and I mean, it was just awful. So yeah. the fact that he was doing this, that behavior, up until the day he died, what inside is there a moral compass inside you that is there a compass, or is there just not a compass for some people? And if he saw this dark room, if he saw only this dark room and was terrified to die because he thought that's where he's going, wouldn't you? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it, okay, it, not to turn this into a different type of thing, but is there a point that it's too late? 
You know? I don't know. Is is there a point that you've done so much and have pushed people away so much and have been just bitter and kind of evil? Yeah, yeah. That, and we're talking like um, yelling at people that would take care of him, that would come over and... Oh my God. Not even like paid people, but people who, out of the just kindness, neighbors would come over and do things and he would burn bridges like you wouldn't believe and just destroy relationships by feeling slighted by the the smallest thing. Yeah. He didn't... I think he (laughs) genuinely did not like people. (laughs) Genuinely. I, I... How... Because... How... No, let me put it this way. He liked people that he needed. If he went to the bank, he would be delightful. (laughs) They thought he was such a sweet old man. When he'd go to the doctor's office, they thought he was just wonderful because he needed his money connections. He needed his health care. Anything he needed, huh. he he uh, he would tolerate, and, or go out of his way to be ever oh, so sweet. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Growing up, we had some fun times too. <laughs> no, we we did, and I, and I sure. I believe that underneath, he loved us. He just didn't know anything. All right, let's. Should we yeah. move along to no, something it's, else, it's, or do you want to stick there? No, no, it's probably good to to leave it there. There's there's more stories, of course, but yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so with with him uh, being that, uh, how did you get away from from such a home? Well, uh, okay, I had been taking dance lessons since like five. My sister and I, we were the sisters team. And uh, she's two years older. And it, at, at first it was really like, because my cousin Patty was going to dance lessons, my mother wanted us to go too. And also it was like free babysitting. It gave her time. Sure. She'd go and have a Manhattan while we were like tippy-tapping. Oh, you know. <laughs> I know. What are I know. we doing with tea? Um, and she would make our costumes and all of this. Anyway... I'll fast forward when I was in high school. Um, I was a junior in high school, and my sister was a freshman in college. This is a whole story that we won't get into, but she got pregnant out of wedlock. And it was, this is um, 1967, 68, so we're, we're in a, we're in a, whole period of upheaval as far as um, the youth movement, the black rights movements, um, drugs were coming into the scene, hippies. So every one of my parents' ilk, their, their generation, looked at this with fear. And when you're afraid, uh, you get you clamp down. Yeah. You clamp down. Yeah. So 
with her getting pregnant, and we won't get into that because that's another whole horrible thing that he did. And my mother, and my mother too, staunch Catholic, what she did to my sister was just yeah. awful. But, so, they thought that the best thing for me, I was the only one living at home, was to ground me my entire senior year of school. For a reason or just... To, so that I wouldn't turn out like my sister. I was... Now, I wasn't a saint. I, no child is, but... But I, I, um, I was grounded. I could only go... If I was in like a school play or a school function, my mother would drive me and pick me up. I could walk to school. I could, I could walk... Oh, I loved... I mean, talk about part-time work. I was a gangbuster because with well, working, sure. then you can... I can walk there. I can, I can, I can have a, a, a sense of freedom for one second and the whole time working. You get to socialize and... Absolutely. It was... Work was my savior. Yeah. So huh. what, uh, what happened is um, I got permission <laughs> to go to my senior prom. Now, I am not, I, like I said, I, I was going up with somebody at the time who was older. Matter of fact, I was secretly engaged. <laughs> oh, <laughs> at secret engagement at secret, 17. Working in a truck stop, which is great. I loved Harry's, Harry's Restaurant, working in a truck stop as a waitress. Um, <laughs> but I was allowed, now, I didn't go to the prom. We had somebody well, you, else. You don't need to go to the prom. You're secretly engaged else, at 17. Somebody else. He was 24. Whoa. So, <laughs> somebody who was going to the prom, who was our friend, who, like, tuxedoed. Mm -hmm. No, that was the year before. This one, I said, I think I said I was working the prom because I didn't have a date. Yes, because I had a regular dress on. I mean, a nice dress, but it wasn't a prom dress. <laughs> but I was given permission to stay it all night, as all prom people do. Yeah. You know, you go and you watch the sunrise and watch sunrise, all of this. Nowadays, there's a whole after prom thing. I walked into the house at 8 o'clock in the morning, which had been all agreed upon, and that's when my father slugged me with a fist in my face. And I just thought, you fuckhead, nobody will ever do this to me again. And I went up to my room, and literally, I had wallpaper. Literally, I started digging my fingernails into the walls and scraping down and digging. And it went into my head, oh my God, there's that saying, I'm so crazy, I'm climbing up the walls. And I'm climbing up the walls. I, Jesus. I went, yeah. I... And and with with the the glue and the shit under my fingernails, I went. No one will keep me down. Yeah. So my father decided yeah. that because yeah. I was a very bad girl and stayed out all night, that I my choice with graduate with graduating 
was either to go to a local community college to become a teacher and live at home so that he could always keep an eye on me, still grounded, or he was going to put me up, he was going to, going to disown me as and make me be a ward of the state to send me to a, a JV juvenile detention place until I was 21. Because at that time, if the parents agreed, they could keep you until you were 21. They could just do that? They could just do that. That's They could just do that. This is the late 60s. Women don't have rights. Children, children don't have rights. So there was a friend who was um, older than me, 10 years older, who knew all this. And he said, he said, Tina, why don't you marry me? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, nobody knows. I'm already engaged. (laughs) But I didn't want to get, I was thinking, I might not want to marry my fiancé, so I don't want to get into that. Sure, sure. I didn't want to marry the other guy. (laughs) So what happened is my dance teacher, her husband was the dean of Boston Conservatory. Okay. And I was accepted, and my father was not happy about it, but because... I was with, you know, it was the, he knows, you know, the dean, they knew yeah. him and stuff like that. And it was only, what, 30 miles away from Westboro. Uh, he refused to pay anything, though. So I paid, I worked my butt off. Um, and I came into some money from a court case, actually, a hit and run. Oh, that, that, that I got, because I had whiplash and shit. Of, yeah. Um, uh, $1,000. So I was able to pay my first semester of room and board and tuition, and I immediately got a job, too. Of course. Um, and then, I, again, I worked my butt off, and I got on academic scholarship starting second semester freshman year all the way through sen- through when I graduated as a senior. So that's how I got out. Yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's 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 great. Worked many different types of jobs to support myself. Do you want to get into that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I know you have some fun stories from the diner. Um, but oh, which? But I I don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But I don't know if that's the same time period that we're talking about. I but... I start I started I started. First, I worked in a, a paper. This is when I was fifteen. A paper factory. Okay. I hated. I mean, that sounds terrible. Then I terrible. got a job at it smells awful. at a dress shop, the little local dress shop. And then I got a job as I was the soda jerk in the Rexall drugstore. So I was That's... like, I ran the whole counter, making oh. the sandwiches, and I was great. I loved it. <laughs> and then I got a job out at the truck stop. Because I knew I was going to get, it was a diner, but it got, oh my God, I have stories about the cook <laughs> from that. Um, the diner, then when I went to school, I mean the truck stop, then I, when I went to school, I, I won't say, I worked hotel, front desk, um, restaurant, and a really seedy diner on Mass Ave. 
um, kind of like a lunch counter type thing with okay. booths. But man, the clientele. <laughs> and I mean, it was a lot of homeless people would come in and stuff like that. And it was also, that was a very, um, oh, there were hookers and pimps and everything all around and, and just stuff like that um, all around the conservatory. And then I, I worked at a pancake house. I worked at a um, nightclub called the Rhinoceros that we'd wear like safari, Ooh. hot pants and stuff like that. I made good money there. <laughs> and then... Uh, good money at the Rhinoceros. I know. And then um, the attic, which I've told you about. It's a, like a strip joint, go-go dance type place that, oh my God, oh my God. You tell me all the time you never got you never got naked yourself. No, you had the choice of wearing a bikini, and or a bikini for twenty dollars a night. And I told you it's twenty on twenty off that you would dance in the window for twenty minutes on this little stage, then you would hustle drinks for twenty minutes so that you'd go twenty yeah. twenty 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 until two a.m. If you were pasties. You got $30 Ooh. a night. And if you went in the back room, and uh, there was a stage in the back room that um, it, it was for other things and I and I, other activities. Oh, the, I mean, the girls would give them blowjobs and everything yeah, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, so, It know, gets seedier and seedier the deeper you go in a strip. Oh, no. I mean, and that I've was never like, been one myself. That but. was in the in the back part. Um, and that's where the uh, where the drugs were dealt and everything else. I was never a drug. I never got into drugs a lot. Never liked them. Except for cocaine and stuff. No, that's not <laughs> No, 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 no. Anything that was an upper, I loved because it gave me energy. Yeah, uppers are great. But, um, I... I, and, I but there was, I, I do have a barometer of, yeah, not for me. Yeah. Not for me. I, I want to know me. And I don't like chemicals because don't, you don't know if one is going to be struggling with another or interact in the street. I don't even like taking cough medicine. It, it affects me. <laughs> anyway, okay. So. So those are the jobs that saw you up into and through college. Yes, so, uh, I t tell me about your graduation because I know that's all right. I had a big moment. I hadn't. Or, uh, if you have things before then, sure. But well, if I do the, I mean, what was odd about it? I hadn't spoken to my father since that. We lived in the same house over the summer and stuff like that, and I'd go home on some. Uh, vacations but I did not speak to him for five years starting from that senior year at graduation I don't know if I'm telling you the thing that anyway I, 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 I we were sitting there and my mother and father did come and we're sitting there and um I mean I was my group of friends we were called the golden circle because we were kind of talented and we hung out. And, oh, you know, the golden, golden circle. circle! I didn't. I've never heard that one. Oh, fun! We had so much fun, but we all really worked hard. So it was, 
it it's that wonderful thing when you find a group of friends who want to become better. Yeah. And so work hard, but play hard too. And great senses of humor and, and stuff like that. Good people. Um no, so we're sitting there and the the dean says, or whoever says, okay, you know, for is this the one? Oh, our valid, well, I want I wanted to introduce our valid, valedictorian, whose grade point average is like a four point five. I mean, you know, it was over four point oh, and and we were like, oh, who's that gonna be? You know, we're thinking it's probably somebody from the music department. You know, because <laughs> they could be nerdier. Sure. You know? And then they said, Christina Paul, my. My friends just went, ew! I mean, I was so embarrassed. You know, it's like, who did you brownie up to? I mean, they were kidding, you of know, course. and stuff like that. <laughs> but so that, that was that. And then what was so weird is I couldn't go out with my parents afterwards, not that I wanted to, because I had to be at the attic to go and oh. dance in the window. <laughs> And so it was like, here she is. She's valedictorian. She takes off her cap and gown. She throws the, you know, the thing up in the air. Great to see you. Thanks for coming. Gotta go. <laughs> and I jump in the subway and I go, I go down to dance for these scumbags. <laughs> it was for my twenty bucks. Is that what you meant? Yeah, it kind of. It's kind of what I meant. That's a different version than I've than I've heard. I've heard more more the side of it of the um, being valedictorian is as a, a big f you to to uh, grandpa to your father. Oh, absolutely. Like that, that's the side of I've been heard about the golden circle side. No, no, but... no, no. Absolutely. You know, to go. You wanted to destroy me again. It's it's that. If you ever viscerally feel wallpaper under your fingernails because you're climbing up the fucking walls. Yeah. Because what someone is doing to you, you get out, you make your own way, you work your butt off, and you keep your pride. It's like, you will not bring me down. Yeah. Never, you know. It's a survival tactic, too, you know. Um, but no. And, 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 I still didn't, I didn't speak to him. I didn't speak to him until he visited me. After graduation, I went to France and I, to dance with the ballet company for about three years. Not quite, two and a half. He came to visit me because he was on a, a, a business trip. He did business in Poland for these work boots. Sure. And he stopped in Marseille I was with Ballet de Marseille. He stopped in Marseille for an overnight to be with me. Again, can you imagine not talking for five years and yeah. then your father shows up? That sounds terrifying. That that sounds... Or, or You know... Or like... I don't know how I, I would feel. A, a little like I don't care, honestly. And that it didn't it wasn't going to bother me one yeah. way or the other but i went i think he's reaching out because he knows he's wrong 
Oh, because he was a drunk during high school. I mean, he right. he he was you know the guns in my ribs. You know, when I say the only thing of was hitting me with his fist, the guns and the going to search for gold in the in the local reservoirs and having to sell raincoats. I mean, he I, was. I've heard the sell raincoats. I have not heard the oh the my god looking no. for gold in the local. He reservoir. started at eight o'clock in the morning drinking. It was. He was, and this is all the way through my junior high and high school years. I mean, horrible drunk. And my brothers wouldn't believe me. They were at school. My mother would just go to bed and say, I can't take it anymore. I would go crying to her, Mom, please help me. He's, he, just, he just cracked a shotgun over my head. Jesus. And... um I can't, I can't. It was, this is what I mean. So the high school wasn't just, wasn't just um, being grounded. It is being in a prison of insanity. No, the gold, he was, oh my God. (laughs) All right, we're in Massachusetts. There's a reservoir. (laughs) You know, a drinking reservoir. Like a, a local public municipal. But, you know, you go and you can fish from the shore. Whatever. It's a reservoir <laughs> in Massachusetts. He goes fishing, drunk as a skunk. <laughs> and, like, I mean, when I say drunk, it, at 8 o'clock he would already be drunk, and he'd go in a liquor cabinet, and he'd pull out, like, a full bottle of whiskey or bourbon, and he'd go... And I'd be there getting ready for school, you know, and he'd go, <laughs> you know, with his finger up to his lips, so, be quiet. Shh, don't tell mommy. Don't, don't so tell mommy. Shh. You have spit coming out. It's so gross. Oh, it was it's so awful. So gross. So he comes home from the reservoir one afternoon, you know, drunk as a skunk again, and he said, he pulls. He would pull you close, and he'd spit when he'd talk. And he'd say, "I found gold. We're gonna go. I'm getting scuba. We're getting scuba snorkels. Scoop scuba and snorkels. And he. We were gonna have to go. You know, with the fins and everything else. Bloop, 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 yeah. To the reservoir to go diving for. You know when you see a rock and it has like... Yeah, like pyrite, like fool's yes, gold. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and so we were going to have to go diving and bring it... Get the gold. Get the gold. Bring it back. And, and bring it in. And my sister was still living at home then and we were like, oh, how do we get out of this? We can't. Yeah. We can't. Yeah. Gold, you know. So... There was, was a local, gold, there was a priest that was my father's friend. And I think my brother Bobby, my oldest brother, helped too, to talk him out of the gold hunt. You know, <laughs> we weren't going to go pan- panning yeah. or mining. Yeah. And especially buying, can you imagine you're a teenager and your your friends, you know, your, I mean, the friends right. would hang out by the restaurant and stuff yeah. like that too. And you're walking with... <laughs> Flippers and a mask and scuba tanks and snorkels. <laughs> bloom, bloom. We're gonna go get Is gold. Is that Tina? What's Tina oh doing? Oh my God! Yeah. He was crazy. He was crazy. 
So, actually, <laughs> so for Marseille, yeah. we met down by, you were there, down by the, um, not the pier, the, uh, the not the dock, what do you call it? Oh, yes. There's the, at the, the end of the Canambia. There, there's a whole fish the market. Port, the, the, the port. port. It's the port. The, the key, I think. It was a quay, a key. A, Q-U-A-Y? K. K. No, K. 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 In, hey, I, I know in English it's, no. but it's yeah okay. uh, there's there's fish yeah, markets yeah, there's okay. boats everywhere there's and it's a big fish market and stuff and so we restaurants actually, it's gorgeous we met for dinner and just talked pleasantly you know it was more like keep it keep it he'd talk about Poland or I'd tell him about the ballet company he never saw me dance by the way never Never. I... He said, never. He never came to any of my Broadway shows. Never. Never. That's a real He shame. said, he might have come to recital when I was little. I don't know. But yeah. when I went to college for dance, he, it was basically, I was a whore parading around in tights and leotards and wow. making... Um, I was shameful, you know, to wear skin tight clothing in front of people. A dance, I, dance leotards. Yeah, yeah. No, he never, never. And he would even travel to New York on business. And really, yeah. So he, he'd be. It wasn't in like the he area. was. Yep. Never saw me perform, huh. ever. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine how much that? Or even when I was like. Starring. Yeah. When I had the leads and things. Never. I was even on tour in Boston one time with Low Dolly and then in a chorus line. I had the lead in a chorus line. My mother came. My father's 30 miles away. Nope. Just refused. Just refused. Yep. So anyway, back in Marseille, we, we oh, talked. And then grudges. the next morning, I went home. He went to his, his hotel. He was very quiet, kind of. I mean, sedate. We walked up and down the Canambier, looked at, looking in shoe stores. You know, it's, yeah. it was a shopping place, and he would describe certain, the, how certain shoes were sewn together. <laughs> he was a shoe like expert. Well, no, he was. I mean, and he designed them, and so it did interest him. And so I oh, tried course. to be, and I, it was interesting. It was something I didn't know. Anything can be fascinating. I once had a man talk to me about uh, water and reservoirs for 45 minutes. I know, it was so boring. He used to work for Poland filtering? Spring. No, he worked for Poland Spring. They have different reservoirs, so they bring water around. Oh, but they want to they wanted usurp... This is news. This is news they wanted, but... That's not... They want to take not... the water from local, from local areas. Well, yeah, because they're running out of water because they keep bottling and selling it and there's a limited like the people's amount wells are going dry yeah and they want to anyway that's another whole thing yeah anyway and so so it can be interesting all sorts of topics anything but only once oh i i was only to certain people i was in the car with my father this is you know i was already like 20 25 26 whatever and I was on his good side. I wasn't in his bad ear, so I knew he could hear me. And I did 
try to broach the subject of how horrible he was in the high school years. Yeah, that's... And I said, Dad, I'm not looking for an apology, but can we talk about it? Do you, do you remember? Can we... He sat frozen. You just pretended. Didn't even say no. Just nothing. And that's when I went, it's useless. Yeah. It's useless. And he is a bastard. You know? Anyway, okay. Okay. Um, well. Well, how, how long are we going here? Uh, so this puts us at 1,690 seconds. Good God, what's that? I don't know. Um, I believe if, and that's technically bars and beats at a 120 tempo. So as far as the actual amount of time, um, I think we're getting close to 30 minutes, maybe. It's been about 25. That's all? Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> really? Isn't it? Well, Isn't it closer to an hour? It's 126. Yeah, this isn't counting seconds. It's counting in in beats, in measures for one, two, three, four, one, oh two. Oh, my God. So Each one of those is, is we should have started. Account. We should have done a stopwatch. Yeah, there should, there should have been a stopwatch. Well, it's almost 130. So it must have been close to an hour at I this point. I think so. Um, okay. Well... Was this interesting? Oh, it was extremely interesting. When, I mean, one thing, if people... I have had a really crazy life. There are a lot even, of stories that have been left out I mean, already. Even, even like growing up, we lived near what we called the insane asylum, so there were outpatients. So the cast of characters that were our everyday things and... Things that we would never tell our parents. I, we were our own gang. They, we would, the five of us kids plus, you know, neighborhood kids. We, would, we took care of skin. each other. And um, it, uh, horrific. it might be interesting for people, again, survival. What you do. We're talking dealing with rapists. We're talking uh, perverts. Um, people chasing you, survival. Um, some very funny stories. But we kind of got used to, we live around all these crazies who would hang out in a park that was near us. I mean, but again, sometimes crazies tend to absolutely terrifying. I, Parks and libraries. As a child, as a child, terrifying. Yeah. Um, yes. But... You survived. It gave me survival skills so that later on, I had so many attempted rapes. I would fight. Like, I'm a, a you know, fight. Never a victim, except once. When I knew it was wiser for me to fucking let it happen than, than fight back in that circumstance. We'll talk about that. So it yeah. could be, there's, so it isn't no, there's, just about, there's, hey, I danced on drugs. No, no, no. But maybe I, this helps that 
you know, and create crazy stories with crazy relatives, love, I mean, crazy relatives, aunts, uncles, my, my, again, my grandparents, that might help people go, oh, maybe I don't have it so bad, or oh, this is how she figured it out, or oh. No, yeah, you know? anything like that, if it comes out of it, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Again, as far as I go, I, I just want a, a record of... UN stories and everything. So maybe so. next time we should get we should go back and get into so so that you know into the aunts and uncles, the Lithuanian sure. aunts and we uncles, can, and that whole. We can really bit. do it in any direction. We can spend weeks and weeks upon family and and childhood and everything, and before getting into anything else, or or whatever. That way too, whatever. It'll, it'll spark things. Yeah. That. You know, instead of just the same old stories, it'll spark other things. The ice fishing, the the, the whale watching with my father in a rowboat. Um, just, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> in a rowboat out in the middle of the ocean with this little putt-putt motor and whales. Let's go see the whales. The whales are coming up, you know. You look over and you go, this is like, this is, this is like, you know, Moby Dick. And Moby Dick, actually, the film had come out not much before. And it's like, all that whale has to do is just go up and we're gone. Like, yeah. Moby yeah. Dick. Okay. Spish. Flip. It was, but memorable. <laughs> Certainly. Things about Wells Beach, spending every summer there, we were devilish, <laughs> the children. Well, the parents did their stuff. Anyway. Yeah, I'd love to okay. get into that. I, yeah, stuff that... Um, I, I want to get into the things that uh, you've done after after dance career as well. Um, I've done a lot. I get bored. Well, Even during the dance I mean, it's like... No, it's not that this is this is my thing. And I said it when I was little. I always wished that I had a twin, but me, like a clone of me, a twin, so that two different careers could be happening at the same time or two different interests of, you know, I want to do this and I want to do that. I wanted... One more of me. Yeah. Maybe with octopus arms. No, no, but one more of me that you could actually experience each other. You, you're yeah. you, but you're yeah, yeah. two of you. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, you watch a lot of anime, so you'll understand this reference. I never watch it, anime. It's like how Naruto makes his shadow clones. Oh, I hate you. And I and they simultaneously train. And then when he disperses the shadow clones, he's able to gain all their knowledge all at the same time. Or For anyone or who's listening sends, to this, I can't stand. When uh, Naruto Uzumaki Gabe does this to me, I hate him. I sends hate him. his shadow clones out on a reconnaissance mission. Okay, he'll, let's stop he'll now. Know what happens after this, they? We should stop. Now. This is a good stopping point. Yeah, when I talk, start talking about anime, it's a good stopping point. Yes, and I need <laughs> an, I, I wasn't sipping my tea. No, we kept we we, we kept you going so. much. Much, so you didn't get to sip your tea too much. I have almost finished my tea. Um, to anyone that has listened to this, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to also plug my YouTube channel. Check it out. It's The Final Bistro. Just because. Um, buy, buy my mom's book. 
It's called So You Want to Dance on Broadway. Oh, God, I think it might, it might be out of print. It might be out of print. I think it but is. But you can, you can find it if you look hard. Buy it. <laughs> Cut a yard sale. Just... <laughs> that was just, I did that out of love. <laughs> no, it's a good book. It's a good advice book. Dated, of course, because thing, this was before cell phones. This is when you had your answering service and stuff like that. But it's stories from all different Broadway performers, stars, and your regular working <laughs> Joes that are in a chorus and stuff like that. Um, and they're stories of inspiration and practicality. Yeah, it... I think it's very niche, but it did help. Like, I, I saw many people that wanted to pursue a career in in dance or or singing on Broadway or, or acting or that had it and, like, really, really appreciated it. I, I remember that. You know what, you know what like was that. the best thing, too, that I thought is that it wasn't just dancers or theater people. Some, it it is practical advice for Anything that you're going into, if you if you love it, you do it. Um, how to get around obstacles? How to how to even like? Don't go to Starbucks. Pack a lunch. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. you know. So there's there's all kinds of financial things of of what you survival survival, and it's knowing what you. Knowing and respecting the people you work with and for. Yeah. Teams. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>